1: Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. I'm Ron. And I'm Nick. And this is our review of Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, starring Chris J. Murray, Brett Shaw, Dan Gill, Ivy George, and Olivia Taylor Dudley. Directed by Gregory Plotkin, released in 2015 on a $10 million budget, double the amount that any of the other ones even got, grossed $79 million at the box office, and while that's a lot of money, far, far below the other entries in the series. So I guess by now we need to cop to something that we are finally getting around to finish a series we started five years ago. Um, if you listen to the other Paranormal Activity shows that we dropped here in December for you you might notice that wow everybody sounds younger and I, there's other things going on and Nick doesn't sound like he's ever lived in a house and that's because of the time he hadn't and Ron didn't have a kid And so we started the Paranormal Activity series and we were going to do the Ghost Dementia when it came out and then life got in the way and we, we kind of missed it and it disappeared from theaters very quickly and we decided well we'll pick it up when it comes out on home video and then by the time that happened we took a break and then we came back and then we took another the break so we decided for the end of this year i mean it's been a weird year in 2020 what weirder way could we possibly end it for all of you our loyal fans by dropping you six shows to listen to during the holiday break while you are hopefully able to travel with your your family or if you're not and you're still stuck at home and dealing with all of that kind of stuff that you've got plenty of stuff to listen to so we're, we're finally putting a bow on the paranormal activity series guys i, I know you can't contain your excitement
2: Oh, it's very topical, man. I mean, considering what the plot of this movie is, people stuck at home, very familiar, having some invisible force that could kill you, very familiar. So it's a very topical 2020 uh, review uh, series that we're doing here, but this will be a fun review, to say the least. Plus, there's the whole
0: uh, Chris Rock Paranormal Activity 7 that may or may not ever come out.
1: Yeah, they were. uh, there was a note about that because he's gotten involved in Saw and Paranormal Activities somehow now, and the Saw one has been pushed off to 2021, but they were going to make another one in July of 2019 that was supposed to be out in March 2021. I highly doubt that's happening. There's like nothing on the internet about it that I've seen. So the funny thing is, you know, Blumhouse, which has been behind all of these things, Said emphatically in 2015, like, no, we, this is it. We are ending this. Like, this, it is time to go and we're going to go out. And this time, I remember the advertisements. You see the activity and we're going to see all this. And so I I was sitting there on one hand going, like, oh, cool, 3D. Yes. And I saw this sucker in theaters in 3D and then walked out of the theater. And the first thing I asked myself was, how is found footage in 3D?
0: Well, um, they used to have cameras that would shoot in 3D that you could, like, buy, like, commercial cameras back when 3D was all the rage. But, man, talk about a huge mistake from Blumhouse. They finally get to see the activity, and it looks like something horrible that I'm not going to describe on the
2: podcast that my wife told me that horrified me. (laughs) Well, to me, it's like you get to finally get to see it, and it's like, I saw this back in like 2002. This was called PlayStation 2 graphics, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I honestly, I had no idea this movie existed until three days ago when Jay brought this up. He's like, hey, we got to finish up the Paranormal Activity thing. I'm like, we did the marked ones, and it's like, no, there's one called The Ghost Dimension. No idea this movie existed at all until he said that, and he said it was free on Crackle. So. Uh thanks Jay. I my life was I don't know very much, you know, going fine until we had to sit there and have to try to watch this four times. So
1: (laughs) So Brian, I saw it in theaters. I think you were company you saw it in theaters as well in three D.
0: Yeah, I saw it in theaters in three D.
1: Yeah, guys, for this one, I rewatched because I bought it for home release when I thought we would swing around and do it again a year after the time we were first going to do it. And so I actually own this, and somehow or another, I own the nine-minute longer extended edition of this. And I I can only tell you that there's a Santa suit that gets set up, and there's a Santa suit gag, and there's like extended – people talking but not talking about the paranormal activity that makes up the nine minutes like there's nothing else that happens at the climax there's nothing else about the venom goo that is the all all that and there's a little bit longer with the random guy that we'll talk about that shows up at the beginning of this movie that apparently was behind all of this somehow or another kent uh there's a little bit more him but he doesn't really add anything to his character
0: Wait, he had a name. He wasn't just ponytail.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I looked at him, and honestly, forgive me, I, I thought it was C. Robert Cargill. Uh, you know, the, the now acclaimed screenwriter <laughs> and used to write on on <laughs> Cool News. Sorry, uh, uh, Massaworm, but yeah, so <laughs> that's who I've always thought that was because he looks like it.
2: He does, but that's really funny. Yeah, I keep—I I didn't even realize too that this, this was a Christmas movie, so. I mean, is right. this going to be is this going to be in your Christmas like repertoire now, Jay? Is this going to be something <laughs> where you're going to watch this like between Christmas Vacation and Die Hard? You're going <laughs> to hey, hey, honey, hey, honey, you ready? We're going to put Ghost Dimension on right now. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> know,
1: my wife did actually watch this with me. I'll tell you what she thought of it at the end, and I'll we'll talk about the Secret Christmas movie that it is. That's another reason I wanted to put these out in December, Ron. You and I've had kind of some discussions offline about Secret Christmas movies, and I realized the last paranormal activities one we could do that whole Ooh.
0: series. We'll have to pitch it to uh, Tiz the Podcast as a surprise as one of their secret Christmas movies.
1: Yes, yeah. they should suffer as we have. So I, before we give any more and tip our hats any more, Ron, please do tell us what happens in Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension.
0: Picture it, Christmas 2013. Ryan, Emily, and Leela Fleeg are getting ready to celebrate that most wonderful time of the year, Christmas. When Ryan's brother, Mike, drops by for a visit, a permanent visit, because he broke up with his girlfriend and has nowhere else to live. Mike finds a box of old videotapes rummaging for Christmas decorations, along with an old video camera. Mike digs the tapes out and, lo and behold, on the tapes is footage from a familiar pair of girls from Paranormal Activity 3, Katie and Christy, alongside their mother, Julie, and Dennis, the, the spineless boyfriend from 1988. There are other tapes, though featuring Christy and Katie doing strange rituals, talking to a mysterious man with a ponytail who looks like C. Robert Cargill and their creepy grandmother. Strangely, it seems like the girls can see them through the TV. Surely that's no more real than Layla's imaginary friend, Toby, the eight foot tall, many eyed goat man. Ryan and Mike screw around with the camera and discover that it's not any ordinary camera. It's a spirit camera. And in true gross adventures fashion, that means he can see into the spirit realm. Hence, the whole marketing aspect of this movie is being the paranormal activity where you actually see what's going on. As it turns out, Layla's imaginary friend is a giant black, gloppy monster thing that she talks to for hours, and the more the spirit is caught on camera, the more distinct the form it takes, and the more violent it gets. It attacks Skyler, a random house guest, then later it attacks Ryan while he tries to watch his daughter sleep like a creep. As it turns out, the house is built on an ancient paranormal activity burial ground, being the very same land for Paranormal Activity 3, just with a different house because that'd give it away way too quickly. And the realtor who sold them the house? Her name was Katie! (laughs) Ryan and Emily call on a priest named Father Todd for help as they battle with the increasingly violent Toby. Ryan asks Jeeves some pointed questions and discovers the cult of the midwives who killed that family in Nevada and kidnapped a boy named Hunter, who just so happens to occasionally write his name on Layla's chalkboard wall. Father Todd comes back to cleanse the house and trap the demon, but he's killed and dragged away by Toby. The family tries to finish the ritual, only for Skylar to turn and vomit acid blood like an alien all over Mike, killing them both. Layla flees from the salt circle and Ryan and Emily chase her down, but Ryan gets impaled by a bad 3D effect. Layla spreads through a portal in the wall of her room and finds herself back in 1992, the good old days, in Christy and Katie's house. Emily finds Katie and her daughter, but by then it's too late. The midwives have gotten their drop of blood, and Toby has been given human forms, looking like a pasty Dr. Manhattan and presumably just as naked. Emily is killed with her body tossed at the camera like at the end of the first
1: movie. Layla and Toby join hands and walk away as credits roll. Now, we've reviewed a lot of horror series that have taken some... Turns at Albuquerque and some never came back. Have you ever known a series? that nosedived as fast as this one did from part three to the end, because we all just hate part four was garbage. And we called it out for such, we all kind of laughed at marked ones, but it was stupid and ultimately meant nothing because they don't even reference any of it. This thing desperately wanted to get back to the magic that they found when they went back to the eighties and did the part three. And let's be honest, they should have stopped right there. Like this is a complete, complete disaster.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the alien series that we did a a long time ago, where really that kind of nosedived after two, in my opinion. And then even like movies like Hellraiser, where just consistently got worse as they went on to complete abortions at the end. So, I mean, it's it's not the first series that we've seen or we reviewed where it's been like a complete nosedive. But it's totally one of these series where there's a vast difference between where we are and where we were.
0: Yeah, and in retrospect, it makes the marked ones look really entertaining. And honestly, for like the first, I don't know, third of this movie, it's fine. Maybe two-thirds of the movie, it's okay. But man, that that turn it takes at the end just really kills the entire thing deader than Toby.
1: Yeah, it becomes this like really bad Six Flags ride or something. Like if Six Flags had a ride for The Exorcist mixed with The Frighteners, that's what the end of this movie is. <laughs> With the holy water sheet on the pentagram in the fucking living room. And well, the they ghost were just, barks at you.
0: They were just trying to recreate the uh, the ghost in the sheet from the third one.
1: Is that that's it? Cause, it yeah. Well, it was horrible. I mean, Toby's still doing his same thing. He still screws the kitchen up and throws knives at them. Every one of these movies, the kitchen gets jacked. I don't know why, but that's something.
0: I mean, it's just going to look like my normal kitchen on an everyday basis.
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess I just kind of kind of ask this right now. I get it that paranormal activity, this whole like found footage aspect is a shtick. But are we to the point with this where it's like, would you be okay if they dropped it? Where it's like, we're just going to do more of a conventional movie. Or maybe we'll do some type of like combination of this first person versus traditional like, you know, third person style uh movie because it's just you know the first one okay that was the you know that was a setup there the second one it was a conceit the third one it was a conceit but as we get kind of further in these sequels it's at least me as a viewer i'm to the point where it's like we can just drop this it's it was it was fine in the beginning right now it just it feels like it's just it's too much
1: well the thing is that they they've always come up with a good reason as to why you're watching the found footage the first time mika was trying to catch the activity the second time you're watching the security cameras at Christie's house basically the third time it's the 80s and the guys of an event videographer so we kind of get the throwback and there's all that fun and then in the fourth one it was all the xbox connect and uh alex's laptop that just yeah. randomly recorded and then yeah, the remarkable the ones one. was gopros
0: so they've always like found a thing they just couldn't find a thing this time at exactly. least not one that worked as good as like if they had like mashed this up with unfriended, then I think we've got something, but they did not.
1: Oh, yeah. And Ron, that's an excellent point. That movie works as a, fa- it's really a Skype horror movie, like in a lot of ways. And I, I love that movie. I, that that movie has great tension. Everybody gives good performances. It's fun because it's and, really well contained. And,
0: and the second one works in a really good, uh, is a really solid conspiracy theory movie. With uh, building off of the same aspect, but also including a lot of like viral video type of stuff uh, where they do things like they work in the unsecured web cameras, they work in the security cameras, they work in just like, you know, red light cameras and stuff. They work all that stuff in. And if you had worked all that stuff into a paranormal activity movie, then, you know, maybe you've got something a little bit more reasonable than this.
1: But Nick, to your point, the hook of this one is that you're going to see the activity
2: or something. It's like, like, honestly, it's like when I saw them opening up the camcorder, it was like a bad Ghostbusters knockoff. You know what I mean? Like this technology, like this is like completely custom and everything. I, I don't know. I guess maybe just because we're in 2020 now and the whole COVID situation, lockdown, I guess if they would make the new paranormal activity, it would be over Zoom, right? Or Microsoft Teams, like that would be the setup now. That's what we're saying.
1: Yes, they could. And I mean, look, uh, Shudder has produced a Zoom horror movie. Yeah, it's coming out.
0: Yeah, it it actually came out at the end of July.
1: This one, the whole catch is you're going to get to see the activity. And I don't know what I expected to see. What I did not expect to see was like wavy lines that this camera from the 80s can somehow pick up. But. You know, modern dig cams can't and none of this other crap this guy's got in his house. And this guy looks like an, an effects designer or something like that. It looks like he knows what he's doing with cameras. But this one huge camera is the one that picks up the activity. And then for some reason, it becomes what I can only flashing forward think of as like the Venom goo. That's it looks like the Venom goo from Spider-Man three or Venom.
0: Yeah, that's uh, as as good of a comparison as any that, that I'm comfortable making. <laughs> uh, you know what they should do, what they should have done, or what they should do for this one with Chris Rock? Work Twitch in there. Everybody's, like, streaming stuff on video games. Everybody's doing TikToks. Work some of that crap in there. Give me a TikTok where Toby shows up and just rips somebody in half, like tearing up a loaf of bread.
1: something that's the other thing too these movies have never gone into what i would call ultra violence in any way like they they really haven't they've had like a couple of quick scenes maybe somebody gets some razor teeth and then they eat the camera and that's it like there's not a lot of blood you know it's it's a lot of jumps and scares And what did you see and then i mean then of course they derailed themselves anyway we go back to that fourth one it's a bunch of freaking connect dots all over the wall that are moving around, which we've, we've seen that we've seen Toby run through the dots before. I I dare say though, that was much more interesting than anything they showed us in this movie.
0: Like we've talked about every movie has had its, its particular gimmick and this one, they couldn't find, they couldn't find a a thing other than the spirit camera, which, you know, um, it's the same video camera that Billy Barty's got at UHF as far as I'm concerned.
1: The other thing I will say that this movie is lacking desperately is that these people, I don't know why they're here. And I don't know that I want to know. There's some drop line by Nazi Robert Cargill about how we, we go back to the end of part three and we get like an extended ending where now this witch's coven is all being trained by some dude. Now, first thing that completely undermines the whole like women's coven witch power thing. These movies have all been about that. It's just some random dude that looks like he could be you know working the second shift at Muldoon's as much as doing anything else. That that I don't know what did y'all think about that. That that Kent kind of undermined. That was the mastermind behind all this shit.
0: He he looks like a burnt out Vietnam vet social studies teacher I had. If he had. If he had had a more of a skullet look, he's, he would
1: more have been deranged that guy. Walter from the Big Lebowski. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, or rather like a deranged dude because he's got the long hair.
2: But yeah, it's like I, I, mean, I thought he looked like a guy that's going to like end up fixing a motorcycle or something. Like you got a blown transmission, he's the guy you go take it to. He's got a pull bar, and you take it in there, he's going to fix it for you. <laughs> nice ponytail.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think or, that's what he's what he's known as, his ponytail guy,
0: or like a guidance you know that counselor. Name?
1: Yeah, yeah, like th- that got lost in Woodstock and never left.
0: Because he spoke very much in like those guidance counselor y tones, like, you know, this is what we're going to do, Katie. You know,
2: <laughs> Ron, give me some minutes. That is true. That that's a good call. He's the guy that'd be like, yes. you know, hey, you don't need to listen to what your parents do. You need to go and do what makes you happy.
1: <laughs> Ron, you know who he is. He's Bob's brother from my science project. <laughs> That's ah, good, good pull. <laughs> That's yes. He's he's the guidance counselor at that high school where they had the My Science Fair. <laughs> the other problem is the friggin' family. Um, and this is nothing against these performers; they're giving us everything they can. But Ryan, Emily, and Leela suck. I'm sorry. I don't, I hate them all of them. And they're
0: not that, even good. And they're not even good in that way where you want them to die. They're just boring.
2: Yeah. They're not, it's not very, a very good cast here. And I guess that's another question here for you guys too, is like, are we kind of done with like the whole, like, just what they kind of like the paranormal activity, slow burn. It's like, we've seen this five times before where it's like just kind of the slow, like, Ooh, he's going to kind of screw around with stuff. Like, Ooh, it's like the audience knows what's going on. And I just kind of wish that they would take this stuff kind of like to a new dimension here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, Something new because it's the same movies over and over again, just like okay, well, this isn't an apartment, this isn't a house, this is with an Xbox Connect, you know, thing. It's like I I just I want something a little bit new here. And they did try something new with the awful like CGI being able to see what's going on. But as we've learned, like with movies like with like Poltergeist 2 or something, it's like less is more when it comes to stuff like that. There's other things I think that they probably could have done to engage the audience a little bit more. So kind of what is your guys' take on that?
1: There's a way to do that. You're hitting on something there, Nick. That you're exactly right. In this, in the sequel, Jaws 2 taught us, and Halloween 2 did as well, that you've already seen the scare. So why hide it anymore? Show the damn thing. So you see the shark a lot in Jaws 2, and you see Michael Myers butcher a lot of people and Halloween too, we do like that's the both of those people, Rick uh, Rosenthal and Janoke Swartz knew that you just got to show the monster and let it loose. That's what people are there for. And they wanted to do that with this. It just, it just looked like crap and I'm sorry. And I mean, it's not because it looked like bad in 2015. It looked bad then. I mean, it didn't look good. They spent $10 million on this and it is trash.
2: Yeah. I mean, kind of like the whole like aliens effect. It's like, you've seen the haunted house movie. Let's go take it up a notch and kind of change stuff around. and just falls to the wall right away. And I thought like that would have been kind of different with this movie where maybe they're running away from this haunted thing. Instead of them just staying in a house, maybe it's something more like the influencer thing where I'm going to record everything on Facebook or social media for people to see. And it's like this thing chasing after them. Give it some type of motive here where it's going to be like actually like going after someone as opposed to the whole haunted house slow burn aspect that we get again.
0: But, I mean, if you're going to do this kind of movie, you need to at least make it better than Sinister. I mean, that's another Blumhouse movie that ties us back to see Robert Cargill again uh, because apparently he's going to be a thing we're going to talk about throughout this entire review. But we've already seen somebody watch creepy old tapes and then scary stuff starts happening in their house. And it was in a much better movie and done in a much better way. And if you're going to do the whole let's go into another dimension, let's do some time travel, man... Hellraiser 2 is was 20 years before this, 30 years before this almost. It was even that looked better than this weird like CGI doorway thing. Yes. It, even Blumhouse has the ability, like with the insidious movies, to do this kind of thing, and I just don't know why they failed so hard at it.
1: And it's the same people involved. I mean, the director of this edited. Parts two through marked ones. I mean, it's the writing teams that have been involved. Oren Pelly and Blum are, are producing this thing. they got the same hands all over this thing that they've always had. Going back to the family, you've nailed something there, Ron. And I realized that if Ryan, Emily, and Lila were cast in a Hallmark movie, they would be fine. Because they, they should be like uh, you know the, the family that takes in Candace Cameron Bure and convinces her to give up the city for the small town life you know, or something so that they can uh, hook her up with Mike, his brother. Um, who is Out there,
2: Rob? <laughs> <Out
1: there, Jay. laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, really, you could. Now, I have a question for both of you Who is Skylar and what is she? <laughs> because I have forever thought she was like the au pair, but apparently not. I thought
0: she was the nanny until we had our offline discussion where you mentioned the drop line where she's some friend in town for a yoga retreat.
1: That, it said like in there. I read that on the internet after watching this yet again for this review. And I read that and I was like, what? I went back to that scene, watched it, and I was like, oh there it is. What what confuses me is there's times she goes and checks on Leela. Yeah, it seems like she knows this kid really well. But if you're gonna
0: have this kind of hippy-dippy BS character, make her a Zelda Rubenstein type. Make yes. her like crystals and and entities and, and Reiki and Just give her all of those skills and let her
1: be the one who fights Toby. Yeah, she should have been the redheaded witch from Blair Witch 2, Nick like at least have some tie to this. Cause she does get the exposition dump about the seven princes of darkness or whatever the hell they're doing. Give her something to do other than be a confusing person on screen.
2: Well, they kind of did set it up there with like it being like a yoga instructor. I mean, they could have like, you know, taken that a few steps further and had her be like holistic and like all, you know, Wiccan or something like that and be able to kind of tie it in there with everything. I mean, I guess, is that what we're supposed to take from this? Because that was the one thing I have done saying like throughout the entire movie. I was like, that's a damn nice house. You know, I'm a homeowner now. And it's like I'm looking there, I'm like, you got nice cathedral ceilings, you got some woodwork, you got some nice woodwork there for the rails. I'm like, this, this is this a damn fine house. What the hell do they even do for a living? Because it's like maybe, maybe like the wife or something, maybe she's like an influencer, like a yoga, holistic, vegan, gonna make your own campons type, you know, person on, you know. Instagram. I don't know. It's like I'd be nice if like that could be like brought up or something there, and like tied, like Ron was saying, tied into the whole like Toby,
1: you know, Toby aspect. Yeah. Look, if Emily had lived to twenty twenty, she would have an Etsy store. There's no doubt about that. Um, that would be clear. But I, I like I said, I took CBD, Ryan man, as CBD
2: as to fight Toby. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, there, there we go. The CBD Toby files. What I do find funny though, and I'm glad you called it out, Ron, because it is a total poltergeist ripoff of. Um, this is where Katie and Christy's grandma's house was when they were being witch trained or whatever. And then like they got Manchurian candidate by Ken. So they forget all of it. And they, that house burns down And then they rebuilt this house, but they rebuilt it specifically so that like the window is facing the right direction so that they can bow to Mecca and get Toby or some nonsense later. Like it's, it's there. And there's the dropped bit at the end about the real estate agent was named Katie. And I'm like, that's, that's the other thing. Where the hell is Katie Featherston? It wasn't like she was busy.
2: I was going to say she got a real estate license. I mean, my God, good, good, good for her,
1: you know? (laughs) Yeah, she's moving up in the world from
0: from psychic cult tool to uh, real estate lady. Like she's number one on the West Side.
2: She's gonna have her own HGTV show, you know. In the future, it's gonna be like as a set of like fixer upper. It's gonna be like Fixer Toby or something.
1: I don't know. <laughs> Flip haunted or flaunt It? Yeah, there you go. Well, they went, to be fair to Katie, she was never supposed to be involved in this anyway. This was all Christy, and she was going to have this kid and all you know all this stuff. We know what happened with that. But then her asshole brother-in-law, remember, transferred the curse back to her in part two. So this is all his fault. I, yeah, I, I just couldn't believe that they're doing the blowout, right? And you don't bring back the one person who's been the star. Of your movies, I mean, I get why she wasn't in the marked ones. Maybe she didn't hang out in the barrio. You can't get Katie Featherston to do a walk on. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm not dogging her. She's a working actress, but she would have done it. I mean, she said no, she I would have done it. She was even in the marked
0: ones. Well, that's right. At the She's very at the end, end of she shows it. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you're right. <clears throat> which is one of the coolest twists that this whole movie series has accomplished, where they sent those uh, Hispanic people through time or through space or whatever, and then they show up and they're part of the paranormal activity that took place in the first movie. That was a great twist. You can't shoot this kid back through time to 1992 and have her show up like on the other side of the mirror with her hand up, like play a bloody Mary with Katie and, and Christy, or really? something
1: or with Leela or something. I mean, you're showing everything else. The other thing too is, and you've, you've hit it there. They introduced time travel into this now. They've already done that with marked ones. And now it's now that door is open. And I'm just reminded of that little joke scene in Scream 4 where the girl's talking about the Stab movies and how confusing they got when they interviewed Deuce Time Travel. And I'm like, why did we do that in these movies? Everything else seemed to be so grounded in, quote, reality. I, to have these portals of time. And So now I think if I'm to understand this correctly, Toby has been – Conjured in corporeal form, but he's conjured back in 1992. Is that right?
0: That's my understanding. Yes, yeah, he was conjured back in 1992. That's a okay. And, and can we talk about? It's, it's jumping ahead a little bit. Can we talk about how disappointing Toby was? Yeah, it's just a giant guy who works his calves. Like it's just <laughs> yep. a dude with really good calves and yeah. big feet. I mean, he's clearly naked. Let's see. Let's see some butt. Can we get Toby's butt? Better
1: I don't know yet. that I wanted to see. Him. He had that little girl with him. I mean, it was getting weird anyway. I was. I mean, my wife and I were like, "This is this is kind of creepy in a bad way." Okay.
0: Though. All right. All right. So better yet, why does Toby not have goat legs? Thank you. Give me goat this... legs with human feet. That's terrifying.
2: Yes. It's it's pretty obvious though. Looking at those uh, calves. He's definitely a truck rider. He's the guy that's going to the bike store to fix up his Trek because he rides that bike everywhere. <laughs> He's the guy that's usually on the back highway and you can't get around him. That's Toby. So,
1: so, so Toby invented the Peloton and tortures that poor woman. That's what he was conjured for. That's what you're saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the guy that's always wearing like you know biker shorts everywhere he goes. It's like oh, he's at the grocery store buying some you know coconut water and stuff from the biker shorts and the bag. This
1: dude shops exclusively at Trader Joe's. No offense oh, totally. to Trader Joe's, that and Whole Foods. No, yeah. No, whole, yeah Foods. whole Foods. Yeah, you're right, Nick. Whole Foods. Yeah, Whole Foods. Yeah, this this that's that guy. Toby does CrossFit. Oh well, I don't know though, man. There's that whole Jesus aspect to CrossFit. Toby might be again that.
2: No, um, if he did CrossFit, the half the movie be him telling everybody how he does CrossFit. <laughs> And he's vegan. So
1: now that we've offended possibly everyone that we possibly could who's (laughs) listening to this. Well, Jay, if we're going to, like I said, if he's
2: worth, if he offended people, we only offended people named Kyle. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we have this family unit, whatever they might be. And we've all talked about how disappointing they are. And it's nothing against the performers. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't think they were given anything to do. And and I don't think these people – because they've all worked in other things. I don't think they were the kind of people that could do the level of improv that these movies need. And that's what you, we've known about the rest of these. It's, there's a script, but they kind of let the people just sort of be themselves and be their characters. And they don't have any charisma. I mean, they, like – I. Ryan and Emily are are about as boring (laughs) milk toast as you can get as a couple. That one funny moment where she talks about like, if you come upstairs, you know, you get lucky and she runs into the wall. I mean, that was funny, but that's in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And there's nothing else in there about that. Like I get no reason why they're so, I don't know, close with each other. And I, I don't I don't like dinging child actors too much because they're kids and sometimes they don't know what they're in or whatever. But I'm sorry, this girl is bad. Like she is the the two girls that play uh, uh, Christy and and Katie as kids that come back for this from part three, who obviously have both grown a foot since they made that movie. They're good. Like they still do good. The creepiest thing is when they have Christy like forward projecting and talking about that stuff. But the main kid, Leela, she's just no. And they don't really give her any
0: creepy unpossessed stuff to do either. She talks to Toby, and she plays with her tea set or whatever. She doesn't have tea set. That's for the third one.
1: She but tries she to just, eat the priest. I mean, that's the one thing she, she
0: but, Yeah, but, I mean, I've got a 16-month-old at this point. They bite – if you get your hand near them anywhere, they're going to bite you. That's just what little kids do.
1: <laughs> but it was definitely not – I mean, Nick, we reviewed The Omen back in October, and she's got nothing on that kid.
2: Oh, yeah, totally. But, um, I mean, when, when – I don't know if you guys ever watched like Red Letter Media. Like they did like a bunch of Star Wars reviews like, you know, five, seven years ago. And one of the most interesting things they brought up about the prequel movies is when you're talking about the characters, this characterization of them. And it's like, tell me some defining traits of these characters without using physical descriptions. And like none of them could when it came to the prequel characters. And it's the same with this movie. Like I'm looking at the characters and I'm like, well, that guy's got like an awful mustache. Like that's his whole characteristic is like, he's got an awful mustache. And it's just, like I said, they're like, you know, they're just hollow characters. There's like no characterization. There's nothing to latch onto at all with these characters. Cause if you're going to make a movie like this, you have to be rooting for the, the people, the protagonists, the kid people in the house. You don't want bad stuff to happen to them. Otherwise you're getting into like Friday the 13th territory where you just want to see everybody get killed. And that's kind of like what this movie was because we've already seen it before where we know that everybody's going to die. So it's like either make these people where you don't want them to die or make it where you really want to see them die. And you don't get either of that with these. They just are just bland, milk toast characters.
0: Yeah, no, they split the difference and they don't give you anybody to really hate. And I feel like that's the thing you need to do at this point because we've had people that we've liked. We've had interesting people We've seen, you know, even in the fourth movie, there were at least a few quasi-interesting people. And if you can't come up with a a better gimmick than you can see the monster this time and have the monster look like what it looks like, then you at least need to go full Friday the 13th. Give me a body count. Toby needs to kill, like, 20 people. Let's just do this thing. And Mm -hmm. if you're going to show him, let's not just show, like, CGI hands ripping through a chest rip that dude in half let's do this
2: well i feel like with this whole thing it's like they could they could have had fun with it you know what i mean like let's say like you have a family or they're in the house and we're expecting them to be like okay they're gonna stick in the house and it's all gonna play out no they pull a poltergeist at the end of it and they get over to the freaking days in but guess what toby follows them and he's like tearing apart the you know the, the hotel staff and everything to get to him and then they, you know, get there. Then they go over to the grandma's house. You know what I mean? Kind of make it like a movie where, like you're saying, like he's just raising hell and doing some stuff here and you just, we don't get anything. We
1: don't get anything interesting.
0: Let's have him in a car and let's have Toby start to mess with the
1: car. Yeah, something change the dynamic. The dynamic has been the, the, it's always a house, right? It's always a friggin' house. Why couldn't these people have been on like a road trip, you know? Take my brother. He's depressed. Let's introduce him to our friend Skylar. She's kind of cute. Maybe they'll hit it off. They're both into, you know, fake Kabbalah or something. Camping. That's good. Go camping Uh, and and just take out like a whole campsite.
2: Yeah, you're video recording it. They got a boat. They're going out on the boat. He's screwing out. There's no screwing with them out there. Coming up through the water you know, doing something, I mean, God, I mean, I've been to campgrounds before where you got like the public shower area. I mean, you could do something in there with like the water. I mean, there's, there's a lot of cool places they could take this. And it's just, it's sad to see it just, you know, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat.
0: All right. So just think about this. Skylar's in the shower. The water's real hot. The mirror's all fogged up. And all of a sudden you see one of Toby's giant hands, just like with the claws, just like bang, right in the middle of the glass. That's something. Or, his yeah. footprints in like condensation or his footprints on like wet dirt on the side of a lake or in the sand at the beach that's a thing these are all things that they could have done and they didn't do put this house on the beach let's mm-hmm. get if we're going to have a bunch of rich douchebags get killed by toby let's at least make them the kind of rich douchebags who
2: own a beach house in malibu
1: right of i mean someone like, they haven't been those affluent people we we've established that in previous movies
2: and plus, too, I mean, you're, you're out there in the wilderness or something like that. Cell phone service. Okay, we can believe they don't have cell phones. And, okay, there's only one way for them to get out of there: their vehicle. Okay, he screws around with the battery and they can't get out of there. You know what I mean? Now they're actually – there's a reason why they're stuck. You know what I mean? It's like I, – I don't understand why. These, these movies don't seem to have more than five minutes of, like, actual, like, discussion between the writers.
0: Let's get some dash cam footage of, like, the wheel flying off of this car – and it like rolling over like eighteen times. Let's spend some of this money and do a car crash and make Toby the cause of it.
1: Do something. I I mean, we can rewrite this a hundred ways. For a smart house, let's have it be a full on <clears throat> Alexa. Stop Toby, smart house. <laughs> I, I, think, I think there were a few years before that happened, but if they were making this now, it would totally work. You're right, which I I would imagine was probably part of whatever they're going to do. when, Because I do think that they will redo this when they can get back to making movies. But they don't give us any of that. So we got We got to talk about what they do give us. And what they do give us is lots of floating goo and weird things. And we come up with the quick conceit of why we need to set up all the cameras. I will, I will give this movie two things that I think it does well in terms of like horrific scenes or creepy scenes, the little scene where the little girl gets up in the middle of the night and goes downstairs and starts throwing the, the pages of the Bible into the fire. And she turns on the gas and she can't get the match to work. And her mother comes down to stop her. And when mom is trying to fish the stuff out of the, the fireplace, the gas turns itself on. I'm like, okay, that was good. That was well done.
0: I, I did not know that was a Bible. They didn't establish
1: that. It's because it's in the director's cut that she does this whole line about, it's my family Bible. I think it's like a dropped line, but yeah.
0: Maybe leave that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Maybe show us the Bible <laughs> at some point.
1: Yeah, that that would should have been a bigger deal than what it was. And then the other thing is when Mike and Ryan are watching – the videos they found the the magic video cassettes of course that have plugged these movies and they're watching Katie and Christy go through their training and Katie's just sitting over there you know playing with ligand logs or something and Christy is trying to see through Toby and I mean that little girl's given a good performance and when Leela walks in the room and her daddy picks her up and she sneezes and then the girl in the video says bless you like that's friggin' creepy. Like that was well done. The problem is they didn't like go anywhere with any of that they just did that and then there was nothing else it's like when you you know back in the old days you used to buy an album for like a band you really liked and the first two songs are killer and then everything else sucks after it
0: uh, well i mean i think at this point they just maybe one of the downsides to this being the sixth movie or whatever it is and having such continuity in terms of writers and 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 behind the camera personnel is that they're just out of
2: ideas yeah i mean but again though, i i don't know how they could be out of ideas i mean we just spitballed like five much much better ideas here just off the top of our head and these assholes are paid to do it and it's this is the best they could come up with i don't know is this like the whole thing where it's like studio interference, where it's like, hey, everybody's expecting it to be in a house. We got to put it in the house. Or is this just laziness? I
1: don't think but so. Not, Bl- Blumhouse is not one to like meddle in their stuff. No. I mean, for those Into
0: the Dark movies, if you go to Blumhouse and say, this is my idea, here's the holiday it's tied into, they will give you like $5 million and leave you alone. Like, so list. what you're
2: saying is we need to go to them with our camping thing Tie yes. it into the 4th of July, Labor Day, Memorial Day, something like that. Memorial Day. Yep, let's go yes. do it right now. There's not. There's right now.
1: not the, they're not good Memorial Day horror. I agree, guys. That We should be the end of the dark Memorial Day special in 2021.
2: I, I think we just made our fortune.
1: <laughs> I'm down. Here we <laughs> come. So <laughs> the problem is, though, we've got to finish talking about this goofy movie uh, first. And so... <clears throat> Okay, I, I made a joke about it earlier, but I do want to get the thoughts about the house being built to be a conduit. Um, okay, that's dumb on a level, but it could work. They could have like spent more time making that a big deal because they spent enough time with Lee and uh, or with uh, Emily and Ryan running through all like their old papers and trying to find like who do we buy this house from and all this crap. I mean, I kind of liked that, but I, I don't know that they did enough to explain that. I've had to watch this movie four times to really get that. Well, there's
0: another drop line in there where Skylar talks about how she does something that's like feng shui but not. She should have been the one to be like, hey, this house is really like exposed to
1: evil spirits, man. Yeah, you know? you're right. Her character should have been the Zelda Rubenstein. Uh, well, they even mentioned it. It's a throwaway line. She talks about it
0: when she's talking about the yoga retreat not long after that when they're in the kitchen and she's like talking to Mike or whatever. And she's like, or yeah, Mike. And she's like, your mustache doesn't have enough feng
2: shui. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, they could have had her come in and just be like, Oh, I just, I sense the negative energy in this house or something like that. You know, just a couple drop lines with it and then just set her up. But again, though, this, nothing is written well in this movie at all. If
0: you make her like a full on turquoise jewelry I live in New Mexico a spiritualist who eats peyote and like yes. communes with nature and have her fight the cult, have her like do white magic against the cult's black magic. And this is a thing. This is the thing that that movie needed and it did not have.
1: And that's because, and I go back to that opening bit again, that they've totally undermined the, power of this cult because it's just some dude who has recruited all these women to make these deals with the devil because they they dropped this bit about they were raising toby because he's one of the seven princes of revelation or some nonsense what what's the purpose like what is toby going to go do is he going to control the stock market is he going to change things make an alternate <laughs> timeline what what is what is toby's ultimate gain other than to be corporeal and to walk off with a little girl and get some freaking ice cream
2: we already said what it is. He's going to join the biking squad and go he's going to go over to France and do the tour, okay? That's what he's going to go do. He's going to get that yellow jersey.
0: <laughs> he, he's here to bring about COVID-19, Jay,
1: obviously. Maybe maybe that's his long game. I I don't know.
2: Also
0: I, replace Olivia Taylor Dudley with somebody with some substance if you're yeah. going to do that.
1: If you, you know can, you get you get Scout Taylor Compton from the Halloween remakes, that's who you get you
0: get scout taylor compton or if you want to make her like the new mexico spiritualist you go out and you get Lynn shay you have her there phone you number you've got her in every other oh, Plumhouse movie better have her show up as as britshaw's
1: grandmother yeah no yeah she she's britshaw's mother so to say she's got to be emily's mom instead of uh, your know, hot friend that you know may or may not be the all pair cuz that makes the relationship with Lila make a lot more sense Maybe it was written that way originally. I don't know five people wrote this movie or something. So, I mean, who knows? Five people? Well, there there are four that are credited. I can only imagine like 12 probably took a shot at it at one time or another.
0: Oh, my
2: gosh. I mean, they should all be ashamed.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you had Kevin Smith make a pass on it, and that's why Mike has all those sex jokes and the mustache. And then you have Quentin Tarantino do a pass on it, and that's why you just see that close up of Toby's feet. There you go. That's it. <laughs>
1: Okay, we gotta talk about the final end here though, because we bring the priest in, he's the first time he tries to put some holy water on the kid and you know, she bites him or whatever. And then he comes back and now he's gonna do the big ritual of Chud or what the hell ever. And we, we have the Frighteners Two happen in the damn living
2: Oh yeah, totally. I mean Frighteners Two Beetlejuice, you know, <laughs> with the sheets. I mean, I could not believe that they were doing the whole thing with the sheet with the whole possession angle, with like, you know, you got the uh the pentagram on the floor and like they cover them up with the sheet i mean really is that really i mean it's i get it, it's you know we're we're five years in the future from this movie but in 2015 we're beyond this aren't we as as an effect
0: at least in the third movie when they did this effect it looked cool this time it just looked like a cgi sheet blob monster and yeah let's be honest this priest should have been somebody like the priest yeah actor should have been somebody that we know like he should have been like a dude like James Khan I don't know Miguel Somewhere. Ferrer yes. oh yeah Miguel <laughs> Ferrer would as like a ass-kicking priest like oh uh, what are the what are Andy the Trejo. There? there we go <laughs> <laughs> he's got the Virgin Mary tattoo <clears throat> if you said if you had uh Olivia Taylor Dudley's character say I know a guy he's my Santeria friend and you bring Danny Trejo in to do some Santeria against this demon, then this movie's great. Like, give me Danny Trejo, like, shirtless, like, bleeding, like that big Virgin Mary he's got in the middle of his chest, like, comes alive
2: or something. Give me something cool, man. Yeah, but all we get is a bunch of
1: lights and people spitting up black ooze.
2: I got you guys beat. Michael Pena doing the Ant-Man routine of all the Toby's complete, like, History, yes. yeah, that's what I want. Yes. He comes in with, with the priest tie and everything, and he's like, "All right, guys, let me tell you about Toby." And he like goes back and like he's like voicing all the different people and, and from the past. That's what we need. Or you get somebody vaguely associated
0: with the marked ones to come in.
1: That was that's what I was saying with the Danny Trejo. You now tie it into these two boys from my parish, and like you could you could really glue it all together. But no, uh, yeah, we, and then and Scooby-Doo. there was a whole
0: and there was a whole Santeria subplot in the marked ones that they just mm-hmm. completely dropped for this so yep. you are definitely in in the, the 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 space to bring in a danny trejo or to bring in like any sort of like edward
1: james almost He's not doing anything. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica's over. S- something. Yeah. Well, okay, but we don't get any of that. We we get Skylar spewing acid blood or what the hell ever on Ryan's. They they did. And there's there's the end what of that. What was that? Not what Ryan. was that's, that? on Mike, actually. I don't know. That's what I was about Is to Has that you ever too. come up before in these movies? Because
2: it's been a while since I've seen them. It was like something of like 28 days later, where it was like yeah. it just starts like vomiting up this like black alien acid. And I'm just like, well. Are we supposed to like this is so random
1: yeah it got like new powers that I didn't know it had this time and new powers that like weren't good yeah it's lame <laughs> it's like if this is how Toby comes into the world man geez, this is bad you need to rework your deal <laughs> or something this is awful but they you know those we got to get those two out and then Mike gets it through the back with a goo arm or something That that is God that's a terrible fix I'm right right? you're right, right. he needed to be like bouncing off the walls torn in half so give me something I know these movies again don't do the ultra violence, but you got to do something
2: grab him and just slam his head into the wall and like cave it in or something like that you know, like just some type of like just quick graphic violence there to still hold your attention. Yeah. That, that effect was something out of Scooby-Doo. Like that was bad.
0: You're ramming a hand through a guy's chest and you don't have blood. I I get that you don't want to do ultra violence, but man, you've already rammed the hand through the chest. Just go ahead and put the other one through and just, and you don't show the gore. You just show the guy like exploding in half. The just do it super quick. Just super quick.
1: The black stuff just blows right through him. That would be the cool thing. Like it's using him as leverage to pull down the hall or something. Yeah. I mean, but they didn't do that. Lila runs through the portal. Of course, Emily's going to follow because that's just what you do. And we, we do wind up back in the old house and we're in the basement. And I don't know what that is dripping from the ceiling I guess it's the first sacrifice because Leela drops this whole line like they only needed a drop of my blood or something, and then here comes Toby thunderfooting it through.
2: It was a very strange ending. I mean, when you're sitting there and like she shows up with the letter and gives it to Marty, and then tells her that you know the doc is back further in time. The time travel stuff just got really crazy. Yeah, back and to then, the future reference there, Jay, in case and then, you
1: didn't get and it. and then the Toby. <laughs> choke slams Emily because we have to call back to the first movie where we're throwing Mika at the camera and come with me, little girl, if you want to live and <laughs> walks off. And that, that's it. That's the whole thing.
2: All right. Well, well, so, but what about the little jump scare though with the hand at the end, grabbing the camera? I mean, that was lame. If that was like what, if, if this was the movie that they're intending to go out with and that was the last thing that they were going to show, I mean, freaking lame.
0: Okay, so Toby's a giant, presumably naked man with magical powers. She should have touched Emily, and Emily should have exploded like Dr. Manhattan.
1: Right. Something. If uh, uh, Again, I'm, I'm like, what does being corporeal do for Toby that being a demon ghost thing hasn't done for him already? He doesn't. I don't, I don't know why this is happening it doesn't, and they don't bother to tell us there's no dropped lines about carnage created across the globe, or you know nothing. They don't try to tie it into anything stupid like it just it just ends. It just ends with a big bunch of nothing.
2: would it have been better if you would have just like killed all of them like Toby's now alive or he's in a body. He kills the little girl and just kills like all these other people in the house. You know what I mean like. Just go crazy. You know what I mean? Even though it's going to be killing people in the past who are alive in the future, just do something weird.
1: Better yet, he lights the fire that burns the house down that starts the cycle that gets to the new house or something like that. Dude, do that. Have him light the house on fire as he's walking away.
0: It's a great idea. Yeah, anything to like close the time loop in this movie. Then he goes back in time and and he has sex with Michael J. Fox's mom and then (laughs) (laughs) we get back to the future too.
1: That might only explain back to the future too, but that's another day on Donna here as they say, well guys, I think we're at the part of the podcast where it's time to give final thoughts, recommendations and popcorn ratings and close the loop on paranormal activity. So Ron, please tell us your rating for this movie. And then if you will rank the series in order of how you liked it.
0: All right. So I got to give this one like a really, I got to give this one a small popcorn, um, it is the most, like, disappointing entry of this franchise. It's just, like, I mean, it's just not any good. Like, for a movie series that has some pretty high points, it, it just kind of ends with a really, like, loud, wet dump, like, down its leg onto the floor. Because, like, the last third of this movie makes the – first two thirds of this movie look like the third one, which was my favorite or the first one, which we all agree is like a highlight of the series, man, this one just, we never needed to see Toby, the goo monster flying around. We never needed to see anything like that. We never needed the spirit camera. We've come up with much better ideas than the spirit camera. So, Yep, small popcorn, dead last.
1: Nick?
2: This is like, it's bad. This is a small popcorn. It's like, when you look at the series and everything like this, like if this whole like series was like the Hemsworth family, this is like Liam Hemsworth. It's just, it's bad. It's, no one wants to, no one should have to see this. And honestly, it's like, I, it took me four times to get through this. It really did, and I had to finish this up about five minutes before I jumped on with you guys, because I kept on falling asleep, and I I was falling asleep at seven o'clock. I, I in the morning, watching this. I mean, you know, it's it's just a bad bad movie, and one that. I don't know how, I mean, you're telling me that like, this is a movie they are planning on going out with and it doesn't make sense. You know, it's being like a satisfactory movie. And it doesn't even make sense plot wise. that This would be the last one to go out with. So yeah, just small nasty stale burnt popcorn that you just are going to toss in the garbage. But ranking this movies, I would have to go. One is the best in my opinion, followed by three, followed by two, followed by five, followed by four. And then this thing at the end. So that's my ranking for them.
1: Yeah, you guys have said it right. I, I mean, this is total small popcorn, but you yeah, sometimes small popcorn can be fun. This is definitely the, I, I thought I hit two minutes, 30 seconds on my microwave, and I accidentally hit four minutes, 30 seconds, and I wasn't paying attention and I turned it into a brick and I'm just searching for kernels of something. Cause it's my last pack of the Boy Scout popcorn I bought and I, I don't want it to totally go to the trash. And even doing that, there's just nothing of substance to it. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't build off of all the cool shit it built up to. And that's, what's so disappointing about it is that they completely flatlined the landing, missed it totally. And my can only hope is if, if they do indeed go and do another one, just act like it doesn't exist, and pick up and do something interesting off of this, because this is a, complete misfire uh, the likes of which i mean again we've talked about movie series that have derailed and stuff but i i don't i can't think of one that completely just lost its wings and it, for the whole movie there's two things that are that are cool about it the rest of it is just bad so total burnt small popcorn horrible movie ranking wise I, the third one man is just genius it's it totally works love it the first one i like mark ones is the middle one i think that's a funny one it's a good aside the humor and it's great um i guess i would say four and two are kind of like right there together for me at the bottom part two has enough in the back part of it where it starts to get fun and and stuff starts happening uh, four is just just dumb but it's at least like watchable this movie is i'm with you nick it's hard to watch and get through it it's an hour and 27 minutes long if you're watching the theatrical guys barely 80 minutes of movie and it's hard to get through the fourth one you can at least get through because the kids are the teenagers they cast were good in it they weren't given anything to do but the connect thing was kind of fun but yeah but this is the bottom of the barrel we're talking about the truth is if you want to watch paranormal activity folks like honestly watch the first one the second one and the third one and just stop like there's no reason to ever pick up with anything else. Mark ones is only fun if like you have a group of people and you want to laugh and think. Like, what would paranormal activity be if it was in a lower income neighborhood and you know with some Hispanic kids? And th- those kids are great at it. But otherwise, the first three are all you need. And that third one again is is masterful. So um, compare, especially compared to this. So yeah, small popcorn and ick, but boy, fellas, it's been a lot of fun. Wrapping up a weird 2020 with you guys talking about paranormal activity, finally putting a bow on this big series.
0: Okay, Jay. Before we put the bow on it, I have to ask Nick a question. So you, you mentioned Liam Hemsworth. Does that mean you have Liam Hemsworth behind Luke Hemsworth from Westworld? Am I reading that correctly? There's a third one. Yeah, he's on <laughs> Westworld. He's uh, the the buff the fat buff guy from. Westworld, uh, the security guy,
2: uh, Ash. Oh boy, I oh boy, I didn't even know there was a third one. My gosh, he's like a Hidsworth but short. So he's kind of like the uh, Billy Baldwin of the family.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess I forget which Baldwin's I like and which Baldwin's I don't like. It's usually better not to like any of
2: them. So.
1: Well, it it has been it has been a fun year here on Film Strip. We've done a lot of interesting stuff, some of which we've name dropped on here, some of which we've we've kind of teased what might be coming down the road here in December. Though, again, we wanted to have some fun and and give you guys something to enjoy during the holidays, whether you're traveling or not and you're just out and about, we wanted you to have a, a good chunk of podcast. So hopefully you enjoyed these six that we've done here a, as kind of the end, but we're not done for the year, Ron. No, it wouldn't be the holidays. if We didn't join it with our friends from Tiz the podcast. We've got one more little treat coming for you right around the years. Yeah.
0: And it's, uh, it's a movie that has been a meme here in the, uh, film strip podcast studios for quite some time. Uh, we joined with our friends, uh, Tom and Anthony from Tis the Podcast to talk about New Year's Evil. And that was a blast, and I wholeheartedly recommend you to check that podcast out because they're really, the three of them are just really funny. And also, throw them a dollar on Patreon and listen to my guest appearance on the Fireside Chats because I'm also really funny, at least in that in that environment,
1: you're you're always funny on these shows, Robert. Yeah, and look, watch New Year's evil because it's on Prime, and uh it is a much better watch than this paranormal activity movie. That is for sure. But lots more fun stuff coming in 2021 from us here at Filmstrip, folks. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Obviously. Please subscribe to the show, whether you find us on Spotify or Apple or Google or wherever you get us. Filmstrippodcast.com will take you to the place where you can find all those links. You can see our back archives. And we pulled these out of the vault. I mean, they were an un. Finished series when we relaunched in 2019, we said unfinished series are going in the vault until we either finish them or we just don't pull them back. And so we pulled this one back out. You never know what we might pull back out of the vault again. Leave us a review, share the show, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Filmstrip Pod and Filmstrip Podcast on Facebook as well. So until next time, for Ron and Nick, I'm Jay. Thank you for listening to Filmstrip.